I am so excited to bring you this Empowered by Design podcast episode with special guest Aliyah Kenyatta, and we will be chatting all about enhancing and deepening the intimacy in your relationships. Do not miss this episode. Stay tuned. Welcome to the podcast, Empowered by Design. I'm your host, Dr. Liz, a licensed psychologist and owner of Visionistas by Design Wellness Boutique in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. This podcast is about the power of connection and a proactive approach to mental health and overall wellness. It's about finding and owning your power right now and using it for good by nurturing the connection of body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit. Empowered by Design podcast delivers psychological concepts and practical strategies with a real-life approach. Designed to empower health and wellness, optimal performance, authentic connection with yourself and others, and purposeful, joyful living. Be well. Live Empowered, Dream Design Deliver. Welcome, welcome to the Empowered by Design podcast with me, your host, Dr. Liz. Today is so special and exciting. I have one of the Visionistas team members with me today, Aliyah Kenyatta. Welcome, Aliyah. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming back. So Aliyah is our dating coach, relationship specialist. She is a counselor at a local college in the area, and she has been um, a wonderful, wonderful part of our Visionistas team. I'm not going to spend a lot of time today introducing her as far as her bio because this is her second time on the podcast so if you have not yet listened to the first time Aliyah joined us it was episode 12 we talked about creating and maintaining healthy relationships um and that's when we kind of talked all about who Aliyah is what she's about and so please 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 check that out don't leave yet listen to this one first and then go back and listen to that one and you can get to know Aliyah better but um i am just going to kind of give a little bit of info about what brought us together again um we have been You know, we do a lot of fun things here at Visionistas. We have, Aliyah has date coaching um, packages that you can check out on our website, visionistasbydesign.com. And we are also, we collaborate together to offer the Healthy by Design program, which is our group coaching program. And in that program, um, each of us kind of take, take turns talking about giving lessons on our specialty and so one of the things that we talked about very recently in our program in our fall program for healthy by design was relationship intimacy so Aliyah is our relationship specialist as i said and one of the things that we think about when we think about relationships and all kinds of relationships yes we love love here <laughs> we love love at vision <laughs> love and and by love 
all kinds of love, but we, we love romantic love too. And um, so today we're going to be talking about intimacy in relationships and how to really learn more, understand more about the different kinds of intimacy that affect our relationships. And again, all different kinds of relationships, but also especially kind of romantic relationships as well. So I'm going to just turn it over to, to you, Aaliyah, just to kind of talk a little bit about, um, about intimacy and what, you know, where, where the, that passion comes from for you to share this information with us. Sure. I, don't enjoy miscommunication on any level. And from what I've seen and what I've observed, what I've heard, intimacy is always discussed, but never intimately enough. Um, the definition is somewhat vague. We kind of have an idea of what it is. Uh, most of the time it's linked to sexuality. And when I learned the actual definition of it, it kind of like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, this is what intimacy is and this is what makes sense. And then all this information came to me where I'm like, this is why people don't really understand how to increase it because they don't understand the actual definition of it. So my goal in disseminating any information about intimacy is for people to understand what it is first and foremost, but to also give a different perspective on their own relationships. And like you said, not just romantic relationships, intimacy exists in all relationships really. It's just to which level, to which degree, which types exist in whichever relationship. And I think that ultimately, um, which we'll get to, it helps you appreciate your relationships for what they are, for what they do provide for you, instead of assuming that you should have all these different levels of intimacy, which we'll talk about. Yeah. And I think, honestly, the word intimacy, we think of, at least I know when I talk about intimacy in my work with clients um, and just in general and in, in conversations in our personal lives, sometimes intimacy is used to mean sexual sex, like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how how's your intimacy? And people's minds a lot of time just go right to sex. Um, so I It makes sense. Yeah. Because... I mean, the definition of intimacy within a relationship is the ability to fully share yourself with another person. So it makes sense that you would yeah. go to sex. You are physically, literally sharing yourself with another person. Your whole self. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so it makes sense why it would get, you know, confused. Um, so well, that's right. why I like so to the, give the definition. So physically, so physically then, right, is what we're like that kind of that definition touches on or that association to the word intimacy touches on that the physical aspect of sharing yourself fully completely with another person yeah it's actually a combination of physical intimacy and sexual intimacy that people are referring to when they speak about intimacy okay um, did you want me to start talking yeah, about what talk, physical let's, intimacy let's is? Okay. dive right into the details and all the info <laughs> So there are a number of types of intimacy. There's so many types of intimacy, but these are the types that make the most sense to me in terms of romantic relationships. Um, so the, there are six that I like to break down. Six, when you're looking, when you're looking to increase it within your romantic relationship, I would suggest professionally that you focus on as many of these as possible, if not all of them. In other relationships, like familial and friendships, you don't, they're not all necessary. They can be, but they're not all necessary to be present. So you're um, telling mm -hmm. us romantically, these six 
we we really need to pay attention to these, especially when we're thinking about romantic relationships. And there's going to be some of them that also can apply to other relationships as well. Most of them will be able to apply to other relationships, depending on how you, you know, function in your relationships. But yeah. Okay. Um, So physical intimacy um, is the ability. I want everyone and you to just keep in mind the definition when I'm sharing this is once again, the ability to fully share yourself with another person. So when we think of physical intimacy, that is the ability to engage in non-sexual physical touch. So affection. So it can be holding hands, hugging, um, lightly touching, cuddling. Uh, if it's not, if that is non-sexual to you. And I, I like to emphasize this is, although there is a baseline definition of it, this is very personalized. Because to someone else, cuddling may be non-physical, I mean, non-physical, non-sexual, but to someone else, cuddling is very sexual. So it's keeping in mind the baseline definition is non-sexual affection or touch. For physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and like some of the ways that uh, you can look to increase your physical intimacy within your relationship would be a lot of this is mostly going to be self-exploration because the definition, I was going to keep saying it. <laughs> is to fully share yourself with another person, you have to know yourself first to be able to even engage in certain levels of intimacy. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. It would kind of be impossible to to experience true intimacy without knowing yourself and also accepting yourself because you can know yourself, but if you don't accept certain parts of yourself, you're not going to want to share them with your partner. So what I've run into working with couples, when there is that block, when it comes to intimacy, it comes the root tends to be something that one partner or both are not accepting of each other. And then they're not willing to share with each other. There's going to be an intimacy block there. So say that part again. <laughs> which, which we only start. Just what you just said. Cause I, I think it bears repeating. Okay. When you, when there is an intimacy block, when a couple reports that they, there's the intimacy is lacking. When we dive deeper I tend to find that one or both partners, there's a part of themselves in relation to these types of intimacies that they're not willing to accept or explore. And if they're not willing to accept Mm -hmm. or explore those parts, both negative and positive, it will be impossible to share that with another person and therefore impossible to create that intimacy. Absolutely. I love that. And I wanted you to say it again, because I mean, that is, we, we see that a lot. We see that a lot mm-hmm. just in life in general, people um, and ourselves included, right? We can say that we look in the mirror or, and, and like our eyes go to something we don't like, right? Or something mm-hmm. we don't accept or don't want to accept. And it's a, it's a very big common, common experience for human beings, women especially, really not loving every single physical part of ourselves and so then you're saying that to share that with someone else or to share yourself completely with someone else in in the in the goal of of having an amazing connection and intimate connection if you're not if you're focused on or if you're not accepting of yourself physically then then you're not be difficult yeah, it would be difficult to share. Like you can, you can imagine, I'm sure, even personally, I, I know I can, if there are certain parts of your body that you're uncomfortable with 
and your partner wants to touch you in that certain spot. Once again, non-sexually, but just wants to touch you. Right. Like I've heard push them away. Yeah. Thinking of, you know, coming up behind you, if you're, you know, standing at the kitchen counter or something Mm -hmm. and coming up to hug you from behind and puts their hands on your waist or your hips or something. And you're like, Ooh, you know, don't touch that spot. Like I've heard, you know, I've had people say that in a way that's like, upsetting like why I can't even when my partner touches me in this way I jump away right and just thinking about that is it is a disconnect it is a distance rather than a a sharing of self think about the impact that that can have on the partner who is trying to be Mm -hmm. physically intimate at that time now they might feel rejected they might feel confused because it hasn't been communicated that that's why they don't want to be touched so once again that's why I believe that starting with your self-exploration will encourage that uh, need or want to be able to communicate that with your partner. So you have to understand why you don't want to be touched first. Yeah. And also um, I can see even my own brain went to like, well, it's hopeless. I mean, what are we going to do? You can't like yourself all the time. You can't like every aspect of your physical appearance, right? Like I can imagine people kind of thinking that way. And so stay tuned, people don't leave. (laughs) (laughs) Just because you think it's hopeless. Um, We're going to get into, you know, first of all, Aaliyah saying, start with the exploration. Start even now just checking in with yourself of maybe a similar experience of your own where, you know, you shy away from a physical touch, even if it's non-sexual, right? Like you're shying away from it because of of something that may be that first step of exploration and just aware, well, actually awareness of it is important first and then moving into the exploration. Exactly. And this doesn't mean that you have to accept and love your body at all times. It's just, you have to know how you feel about it to be able to communicate it. So if you're not loving every single part of your body right now, that's okay. But then you have to feel comfortable communicating that with your partner so they don't misinterpret it as something else, as a lack of love or a rejection. Yeah, I love that. You don't have to, which is hope, which takes away the hopelessness. <laughs> yes, I hope so, it took away the hopelessness. Okay, so come back, everybody. Bring, come, come right, stay tuned. Um, you don't have to, we're not saying you must love everything about yourself, but being able to communicate it, be aware of it, explore it, and then be become comfortable sharing that with your partner. Ooh, mm-hmm. Love that. Yes, definitely. Um, I do want to discuss um, the blocks and in intimacy. I meant to discuss this after the, uh, the definition. Yeah. This is just to keep in mind about when, as we're going through the different types, what some of your blocks may be within your relationship or within yourself. Um, I kind of already mentioned a little bit of it, but there are three main ones, which we lack of knowledge of yourself. So lack of knowing yourself, lack of acceptance of yourself or acceptance or, you know, like exploratory thing we just discussed and distrust within the relationship. Um, So that's the other part. You can know yourself, you can know, you can accept yourself and love yourself. But if you don't trust your partner enough to communicate these things, that that's going to be a complete block to intimacy too. Yeah. Good. I like that. Mm -hmm. So lack of knowledge, lack of acceptance or yeah, acceptance of yourself and then having distrust distrust in the relationship Mm -hmm. um just want everyone to keep that in mind when we're going through Mm -hmm. the different types and we'll Um, come back to that right we'll come back mm -hmm. to that as we go because i mean as as we're saying them 
we 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 did touch on those right we touched on yes. those indirectly even with the number one of how it how it could be a a block or a discomfort as one you don't even know it <laughs> you're not aware of it and then mm -hmm. the not being you know if you're not aware you're obviously not exploring it and then being able to communicate it does take trust so yeah love that it does yep um, so there are some ways to increase physical intimacy if you feel like it's lacking within your relationship. Um, and that can be, these are just a few examples of just to get your mind going and thinking about how to increase them. Um, know which type of touch you like and which type of touch you dislike. Um, for some, for an example, some people love to hold hands. For some people, it feels icky for whatever reason. But you have to know that about your partner and don't just assume. I think that's the biggest thing is don't assume that your partner likes the same type of touch that you do or anyone likes the same type of touch that you do because that's very personal um i know i mentioned this during healthy by design but i cannot stand to be poked like with your like i there's something about that sensation that just makes my skin crawl <laughs> i cannot stand it so i need to communicate that because some mm -hmm. people think that that's playful touch and they want to you know engage in that type of touch which is fine but like not with me yes <laughs> you know yeah. that will completely block physical intimacy for me and if you yeah. And if you're able to know, once you know it, you already know it about yourself and then communicate it, it then prevents those little, like somebody pokes you thinking that they're playing and being affectionate towards you. Um, and then there's a, Ooh, like that, that like physical, like, Ooh, stop it reaction yes. that can then, you know, hurt somebody's feelings or just be a little bit of a, of a rupture or distance and, um, by being able to know that beforehand or even just knowing it so that when when it happens, you have a better way of of communicating it. Exactly. Um, another way uh, is just knowing how you react to touch when you're experiencing negative emotions. I think this is a big one that gets mm. overlooked because mm. you might like hugs when you're in um, when you're experiencing positive emotions, when you're happy. Um, when you're feeling joy or gratitude, but when you're feeling anxious or when you're feeling angry or sad, you may not need a hug. A mm -hmm. hug might give elicit an, a different reaction. Mm -hmm. So it's also like gauging yourself when it comes to that. So although there is never a time that I want to be poked <laughs> by someone um, when it comes to hugs, I will use that one as an example. Hugs, um, I would like a hug when I'm feeling uh, negative emotions and positive emotions, but someone else may not feel like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I, and I think that that, I, I know that I've mentioned that before on, on one of these podcast episodes that I'm definitely a hugger and it has the people in my life that are closest to me can, can see when I, my, my son will be kind of say, mom, I, I think you need a hug, you know, and it's Aww. so cute. Yeah. It really is cute to, to know that he just gets the vibe and can see. And sometimes even before I know I need it, it's like, you're right, I do. And it's a hug can just puts me to a brand new, just shifts my mood, like can, can. I'm so happy yeah. that you mentioned that specific relationship because that highlights how these, these types of intimacy transcends. Absolutely. This type of intimacy transcends romantic relationships. Yes. This, that's yeah. a familial relationship where you have physical intimacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Oh, you're that. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you have any questions or anything you wanted to mention about physical intimacy before we move on to the next one? Nope, I'm good. Okay. 
So the next one, I was thinking about saving this for the end, but I'm like, I, I never save things like this for the end because why not? <laughs> um, the next one is sexual intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> <laughs> the one that most people associate with the word intimacy, but now I'll give you a more narrow definition so it doesn't bleed into the other definitions. Okay. Um, sexual intimacy is the ability to fully share fantasies with your partner and engage in fulfilling and satisfying sexual encounters. Okay, say that. Say it again. Mm-hmm. Um, sexual intimacy is the ability to share sexual fantasies or se- share fantasies of mm-hmm. a sexual nature, and engage in fulfilling and satisfying sexual encounters. Engaging. This one, mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I asked you to say it again, and I because th- I was writing it down, and I still missed. There's two really important words in there. Um, fulfilling. Engage in fulfilling and satisfying, satisfying. sexual encounters. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Too. Fulfilling and satisfying. Yes, absolutely. Because that will also, with this specific type, will completely be a block. If you if you you can engage in sex, you can have sex and sexual encounters, but if it's not fulfilling and satisfying, you won't have sexual intimacy. That's not what it is. Mm. So the act of mm-hmm. sex is not intimate. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have to be, it can be, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it is, if it's not fulfilling and satisfying. Yes. This takes a lot of knowledge of self because you need to know what satisfies you. And it also takes a lot of confidence to be able to have this discussion. And in this society, you know, although sex is everywhere, it's still taboo. So you may not feel comfortable discussing what satisfies you, especially as women, because we're not taught to hone in on what satisfies us. <laughs> we're taught to ignore what satisfies us and completely and satisfy the other. Completely. Yes. Others. <laughs> yes. So that's why this one can be trickier, mm-hmm. but still the basic definition where you need to understand yourself and be comfortable sharing that with the partner. And obviously distrust in this specific realm can once again, completely block intimacy. Yeah. I have, I have so many thoughts right now. Tell me um, yeah, I guess a, a couple, you know, right off the bat is recognizing the impact of trauma oh, on yes, people. Definitely. Right. And one, a really good book that I love to read and share with clients and even I'll go through it with them is called come as you are by Emily Nagoski. She's a sex um, therapist, educator, amazing, amazing book that really, really helps all people, but it's written for women, right? So um, helps you to do exactly what we're talking about is to start knowing yourself and knowing yourself fully um, so that you, so that you do have this opportunity for satisfying and fulfilling sexual relationships and not just do it because you're supposed to or you know this is part of the relationship and i and and there's too many times that i hear people saying um i could take it or leave it yet i do it because i'm supposed to or i think i'm you know it's part of my obligation or whatever Mm -hmm. right and so it does get into a lot of cultural and societal societal things as well and family values and identity there's so much stuff here i guess that's why my mind is is reeling um but definitely to put out there that there is there are lots of concerns that come into play when we think about sexual intimacy specifically intimacy in general 
um, and, and just that loving that resource. Um, and it's a very, you know, it's a really great book, great resource. Um, I wrote it down. I'm actually going to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. The fantasies part is also a big one that, Mm -hmm. you know, gets overlooked. Um, fantasy, I, I have a whole thought process surrounding policing fantasies and what that looks like and how that feels. And just because someone doesn't, their fantasies are not accepted or whatever the case may be, doesn't mean that they don't continue to have them. So when you say policing fantasies, tell Mm -hmm. us what that means. It means if they're, uh, I'm trying to think of a a mild yet good example. I'm trying to pick something that is considered taboo. Let's say you're a lunar and you have a fetish for balloons because that's definitely a thing. Um, you may feel ashamed of it because of, like you mentioned, cultural norms and expectations, and you may not feel comfortable sharing that information with your partner. Did you say loner or lunar? Lunar, like balloon. Balloon, okay. (laughs) They get turned on by balloons, whether that is like the act of like them popping or blowing them up, filling them up. It's the whole thing here. But you can imagine people may not you know, accept that right away is something that is taboo to some people and they might not understand it. So if you don't feel comfortable expressing that, that's a whole side of your sexuality that you're not expressing to your partner. Complete block to intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Like you're, you're not fully sharing yourself once again. So that's why I like to mention fantasies and just allow people to think about, are there things like, and I'm not saying you have to share all of your fantasies, but if you would like a certain level of depth, and you feel comfortable and you do have that level of trust in your relationship, it might be something worth exploring to make so sure when that you, you bring it. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. When you mm-hmm. say policing fantasies, you mean your own your own effort to police your fantasies. Okay. I was thinking And within the relationship. So like holding it back rather than being open with it. Um because mm-hmm. I, I had the I had the thought of policing someone else's, right? Like so I, I guess in a judgmental way or, or yeah. if you are not familiar or it's just new to you, being able to be more, be open to listening um, rather than like jumping into have a reaction that's judgmental. Uh, yep. Yeah. Cause that goes into, I guess I do mean policing fantasy too, when it comes to like in, in within a relationship because that goes back to sexual compatibility, which I did mention in episode 12 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and making sure like, you know, your like deal breakers, your like things that you're willing to explore, things you're not willing to explore and kind of discussing that before the relationship is even started to make sure you are sexually compatible. But, you know, a lot of times that step is skipped. So if you mm-hmm. find yourself in a relationship where you are, it's just kind of making sure you have room to have that conversation to yeah. start talking about those fantasies, ways to increase <laughs> sexual intimacy. Um, know your turn on, turn ons and turn offs. Sorry, I cannot say that. Turn ons and turns off. <laughs> <laughs> know them. Know what turned you on and know what turned there you off. There you okay. go. <laughs> um, view your sexuality as me, them, and us. So you have your own sexuality. They have their own sexuality and you have sexuality together. Oh, I love that. Me, mm -hmm. them, us. Ooh, love, love, love. Yes. If you have that mentality, it becomes a little bit easier to view it instead of it being this jumbled up mess of like, I like this and you like this, but we want to do all of this. It's kind of know yourself, let them know themselves. And then you come together to create 
your own sexual world between the two of you. Yes. Or three of you or whoever else is involved. Yes. <laughs> and it's okay if you have you you keep some for yourself. <laughs> right? Like Yes, exactly. Right? Like, have mm -hmm. the me, have the them, let them do their thing if they want. And I mean you know, obviously talk about it and go back to, to go back to 12 and know what we're talking about when after this episode is right. Like having those conversations about boundaries, what is acceptable in our relationship? What is a boundary cross? What is a boundary violation? Mm -hmm. But, and I'm meaning, you know, just being able to have your own, um, have your own sexuality, have, allow your partners to have their own sexuality and then love this creating a specific, sexuality sexual identity like your relational sexual identity like you and mm -hmm. the, this this partner or these partners or whichever like whatever agreement you have you have your own specific sexuality and appreciating it for what it is right because i think one of the things that's coming up is like masturbation and oh yes definitely in general or in general, I don't know if this is in general, I kind of think for a lot of people, there's shame around it. There can be shame around it, around sharing it, around engaging in it, or letting your partner know, or you're doing it in secret, um, depending upon your own history, your family history, your cultural history, all the things. Um, but so I think when we think of the me, them, us, right? It is healthy to know your body. It's healthy to touch your own body. It's healthy to explore and to do that in this sexual intimacy kind of way. Again, you're saying that as that's the first step is really knowing yourself, exploring, and then sharing. So, um, And that, uh, the masturbation con um, conversation is something I'm I find myself always engaging in. I'm very pro masturbation mm -hmm. and, but also not just doing it, but thinking about it and thinking about your specific views on it, how your culture, like you mentioned, how your culture affects you. Do you view masturbation as a sex act or an act of self-care? Because that differentiation is what will contribute to how comfortable you feel with your partner masturbating. Because if you view it as a sex act, that's in the category of infidelity at that point. You believe that they are cheating on you if they are engaging in the sex mm, act yes. versus an act of self-care. Yes. Yes. Self-care. I love that. I love labeling it like that. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That characterization helps. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, so that's just something else you can think about on your journey to deepen your sexual intimacy. Yeah. So I'm going to just like have us pause and encourage people listening to just check in with yourself. And if you just check in with your own comfort level here right now in this conversation, sometimes mm -hmm. when we get uncomfortable or, you know, or, you know, or intrigued on the other hand, right? You're, you're all, you're like <laughs> captivated. Um, but just check in with yourself to know, to just tune in are you having discomfort emotionally or mentally? Did you find yourself distracted? Did you look somewhere else? Did you, are you feeling something in your body that's um, a kind of discomfort? Because this is all part of knowing yourself, right? If, if talking or hearing other people, professionals, talk about the importance of sexual health and wellness in, for personal health and also relationship health, if that's uncomfortable for you, then then that's something to explore, explore and and maybe you know find some um, outlet for that in a professional relationship, a professional counseling therapy relationship, or your or a doctor. 
you know, your physical, exactly. your PCP. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But right, just being able to notice that is one of our main things in our, in all of our work that we do is helping you know yourself better. And so mm-hmm. being able to pause and check in and then whew, use your breath to bring yourself back wherever you might have gone. Um, and if you're hanging on every word, yay. <laughs> we're we're gonna keep right on moving thank you for that that was much needed after discussing sexual intimacy that's one of the reasons i didn't i I didn't want to wait till the end yeah i love it let's do let's put it right up front and center there you go yeah um so moving on to the next type of sexual sexual intimacy (laughs) moving on to the next type of intimacy um is emotional intimacy this is another one that i believe I, i said earlier that when people um discuss intimacy it's a mix between physical and sexual i would throw emotional in there too when they Mm -hmm. have like a view of intimacy emotional physical and sexual um so emotional intimacy is the ability to communicate negative and positive emotions to whoever you're in the relationship with i say that because this is the one that can exist definitely can exist across um all types of relationships the ability to um so, so well, I want to go into the ways to, to increase it first, because I think that will lead to something else. Yeah. Um, I, so, can mm-hmm. I ask a question? So sure. I, I think one of the things I, I my mind caught on was the labeling of positive and negative. Um, what when you are you meaning like when you when uh, this is kind of helping people to see the importance of tuning in with yourself and what you might label as positive or negative or comfortable, uncomfortable, um, things I enjoy feeling and things I don't enjoy feeling, um, Mm -hmm. because that's really, really important to know. So if you have an emotion, um, it's really more, it's about your own judgment that you place on the emotion, which can get, that's the part that gets us in trouble, right? So having the wide range of emotions is just about being human, but it's, typically when the stress comes in it's the judgment we place on it like sadness you know is just an emotion and Mm -hmm. then if we're saying oh it's so negative to be sad that's our own personal judgment on it so really tuning in to what you're already kind of labeling in your own experience as positive negative and being able to know that when you're communicating them i think is really important I love that you mentioned, because as you were saying it in my mind, I was like, maybe a better description would be uncomfortable and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, emotions. I saw your eyes when I yeah. said that. You were like, yep, yep, we're on the same I page. Really, yep, yeah. I really like that. Because for some people, anger is not a negative emotion, but it's a comfortable one. Mm-hmm. They might feel comfortable with anger, mm-hmm. but based mm-hmm. on whatever, their upbringing, reinforcement, whatever it, for whatever reasons, you're comfortable with anger. And, and and where positive and negative comes in then is also the expression of it, right? Mm-hmm. So you could be really comfortable with an emotion and when you express it, it makes other people very uncomfortable, which then can cause a negative interaction. Right. Mm, so the positive, the positive, <laughs> we're, maybe we're making this way more complicated than we have to, but basically what we're saying is there, there's comfort and discomfort and then personally and then when you bring that energy into a relational kind of context it also then affects the other person 
in a comfort way, but also then can be labeled by that person as, I don't like this. This is not good for me. This is bad, positive, negative, good, bad kind of thing. Yeah. I love that. So I'm changing that up now. Thank you. Liz. <laughs> <laughs> so think as we're discussing this, think about the emotions that you're comfortable expressing. Mm-hmm. So you might feel comfortable expressing anger more than you are sadness. So think about it like that. So who and and who in your life do you have emotional intimacy with? Who are you comfortable expressing um, uncomfortable and comfortable emotions with? Um, so some ways to increase it, like we were just kind of discussing, um, understand your own emotions. What are you like? And what do you need when you're angry, when you're sad, when you're happy, when you're anxious? Um, because those are very different things. What you need, like I mentioned before, what you need when you're happy might not be what you need when you're angry. So understanding what it feels like for you, what it looks like for you, and then what you need, because that is what helps you come together to figure out how to communicate that to whoever else you're in the relationship with. So they understand how to read your emotions too. And so in, in the beginning, intimacy, it's not like intimacy is, it happens right off the bat. It doesn't always happen like that. So when you know your emotions and you're able to communicate them, eventually the hope or the goal, not the goal, the hope is that it'll start to become more intuitive in the Mm. relationship because Mm. you were able to communicate that in the beginning. Now they know that when your body is tensed up Mm -hmm. and when your face looks a certain way, they know that you're angry versus whatever other interpretation that they may have had. Yes. Because that's, we are a people who thrive when we have connection and sometimes, isn't it so like, I'll go back to the, the example with my son where he sees me tense and frustrated and (laughs) whatever I'm doing. And he's like, looks like mom needs a hug, you know, like let's calm this right down. And, um, and then that, those kinds of relationship dynamics can be so so lovely and help helpful and empowering because there's a siren there's always noise that happens when i'm doing these podcasts i keep hearing a noise too i'll mute myself in just a second but i i do think this is a really great point of just how when you're in a great relationship with intimacy and connection and love and trust sometimes the other person is just what you need to help you move out of something uncomfortable. Exactly. Um, another way to increase your emotional intimacy is to figure out your, the best mode of communicating those, well, perceived negative emotions or uncomfortable emotions. So are you, if you're, if you're uncomfortable with sadness, if you're uncomfortable with anger, um, which way are you most comfortable expressing or communicating that you're feeling that way? It could be written. You could choose to write it out. In a letter, you could choose to text it, or you might want you might need to express it verbally. But know which mode of communication is best for you, because that will lend to um, the deepest level of intimacy. Because you'll be able to get your your point across more effectively. Yeah, yeah, and I th- this is something that I tell you know talk about with people and couples and and individuals when because a lot of times when we're talking with individuals and working with individuals it's about relationships right so we're talking about you know even in my own romantic relationship um we had kind of earlier in our relationship have used writing things down first <laughs> like i need to talk to you about this but i'm going to write it down because it does take away that 
in, in the moment defensiveness, reactivity, and it allows you to process the information and then come together in a space of, okay, this is an important piece of our relationship. And sometimes we know that our reactant, our reactions to things that are uncomfortable can put distance between us. So I love, love, love this piece. And I think whatever it is, whether it's an email or a text or um, a written down on paper, that can be really helpful. Um, just the, I, I love that thinking of the different modes of communicating are so, so important. Yeah. And it's on, and, and this is not to negate your partner's mode of best mode of communication either like find a way to you do yours once again us what is it me me them us yeah. version of communication mm -hmm. so know which mode is best for you which mode is best for them and then you come together to discuss it in whatever way makes sense so it's not like a one size fits all yeah yeah um, the next type of intimacy is intellectual intimacy and that is the ability to exchange thoughts and ideas um, and being able to agree on values and goals. Intellectual intimacy can exist, once again, in all these different types of relationships. Um, the one I like to emphasize where <clears throat> this one might exist specifically, and this might be the only level of intimacy that you have, will be, might be with a professor. Like you have intellectual intimacy with mm -hmm. your professor because mm -hmm. you discuss these ideas and all that, but there might not be any other level of that of intimacy, mm -hmm. but it does exist. That's what I meant. That's what I meant when I said that intimacy exists in all relationships, just to what degree and what type. Right. I love that when you, if you are not talking about your values and your goals with your mm -hmm. partner, right? Like start now, like start today, <laughs> start yes. doing it. And again, you need to know yours first, right? But I mean, even as far as, you know, goals we do talk about, I think sometimes we can get into uh, relationship patterns and style where we're just talking about like, okay, who's picking this one up and who's doing the grocery shopping and who's, you know, I have to take this, the car into the shop. You know, those kinds of goals are one thing, obviously, but really being able to go beyond and say, I really want this for our future. I, I want to be... I want to accomplish this dream with us, with you, with our family, and to be, you know be able to share those with your with the people that you love. Mm -hmm. So in that in that same breath, you can imagine what types of interactions block this type of intimacy. So if someone has, uh, if you try to express an idea or a thought and you've been shut down mm. in the past, whether that be mm. in this specific relationship or other ones, it may make you less trusting mm -hmm. to, you know, discuss certain ideas, certain topics. So know which ideas and which topics um, you are comfortable with discussing and which ones you might not be and exploring that and then being able to communicate that. Um, I'm hesitant to say that there should be subjects that you don't discuss with your romantic partner, but I think that's, that might be very possible. It might be very possible that there might be a subject that you know that you're not going to agree on, it leads to not even just discomfort, it leads to um, ineffective confrontation that may need to be just, that's off the table. Wow. Yeah, the, yeah, I agree with you. And I think the the part that's the most important is that you're you're communicating that together, right? So if one of you is avoiding it, but the other one wants to talk about it, mm -hmm. and you're using that 
whatever it is, disagreement in views, right? What maybe it's politics, maybe it's religion, whatever it is, um, that you're openly saying, you know what, I love you and I don't agree with you. Yes, <laughs> being able to communicate when you don't agree. Yes. Yeah, I don't agree. We don't agree. And right, I, I think it would be better if we don't talk about this, you know, right now, or we don't talk about this, you know, until this time or, you know, and I think just acknowledging the agreement to avoid or schedule in time that you can talk about it because it can be if you're constantly and always avoiding it right then that then it's poisonous but being able to agree upon the fact that you know every time we talk about so and so or this or that um we fight and i don't Mm want to fight with you and so how do we how do we be more intentional about this topic There's a lot of op- of options for that, but having the conversation, I think, is key. It is. It's definitely key. So that is the other side of it. So some ways to increase that would be to know your values, know your goals, or clarify. Excuse me, clarify your values, clarify your goals, and know your stance on issues that mean a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next type of intimacy is recreational intimacy. I don't know why this is my favorite one. Because <laughs> no it's idea. so fun. I love it. I love it. Every time I discuss it, I get happy, but I I don't know why. (laughs) Well, the definition of this one is the ability to experience new things together and to have fun together. Mm -hmm. And it's it's so interesting when you think about, like, I think the first thing that comes to like so many people's minds would be, well, of course I can have fun with my partner. And then you start to analyze your relationships. You're like, do I have fun? (laughs) Or do we currently have fun with each other? And then you start to think, well, what which relationships in my life do I experience fun? Like, is it with my friends? Is it with my romantic partner, my family? What then I hope, I hope your brain does what mine does, which goes down the rabbit hole of like, what does fun mean to me? Mm-hmm. Like for some, for some fun might be, you know, sitting at home watching movies. And that's like the most fun experience ever for others. It is skydiving. And it's not saying you have to choose one or the other, but know what's fun to you and know what's the, what things are not fun or they're not enjoyable to you. Because if yeah. you're on two different pages, that can that can block intimacy on this level too. And I love the example that you gave when we when you taught taught us this at Healthy by Design. Um, the one where you gave the example of a of a couple where the the one partner planned this really fun night, and the other partner's like, I don't like any of that stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So being able to and 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 then the other, you know, one of them saying, Well, I don't, and saying, Well, what do you like? And if you don't know, then how do you expect your partner to know, right? So really being able to think about what is fun for me. Um, And I think as you were saying this, this is such an important thing that comes up all the time in, you know, just in, in our work is that you don't have to, your partner, your romantic partner Mm -hmm. does not have to be the fulfiller of all of your intimacy. (laughs) I am nodding like, right. Yes. I see you nodding. Yes. Yes. Because sometimes, you you know, you have to find, you should, or it would be lovely to find at least a few things that you both share on this recreational piece. And um, sometimes you are not going to be 100 percent 
compatible on all these things. So to be able to kind of diversify your social network and your friendships (laughs) and your relationships is really important. So I'm not going skydiving with my husband because he's not a skydiver, right? My mom and my aunt and my cousins, like they're like, yes, let's do this. Um, So yeah, really being able to have a rich group of, of collection of people that you have this love and, and connection with. It's true. And that's what I want, like this lesson, I guess, or this topic of intimacy to enhance is that you appreciate the different relationships in your life for the types of intimacy that they provide. And that way you're not trying to force a certain level of like, well, we should have this. And it's like, no, you can have, like you mentioned, you can have, I'm not saying that you and your husband don't have fun, but you can have (laughs) a certain level or degree of recreational intimacy with him. And then there's another degree, which may be higher and that with other people. And that's okay. Right. That's okay. Yeah. And being able to talk to, I think I remember, and I didn't know, I didn't like specifically when we were dating say like, what are the six kinds of intimacy, but remember (laughs) having the touching on these things in our dating, right? So Mm -hmm. being able to know, well, what's fun for you and what's fun for you. And, and for us, one of our most fun and recreational intimacy pieces is travel. Right. So, Mm. and that came up very, very early on in our, in our relationship and has been something that we've been like, we, we prioritize, we prioritize, we, we work hard, but we also take breaks and, and enjoy, you know, playing hard. Right. Too. So it's important. I love to hear that. (laughs) Um, so some ways I've kind of mentioned it already, but some ways to increase recreational intimacy in whatever relationship is, um, asking yourself what types of activities or things are fun to you. What is the opposite of fun to you? Mm. How comfortable do you feel when you dive into a new experience with someone else? Because that's also something to think about. It might be fun for me to explore Mm. a mountain, let's say like if I'm hiking Mm. by myself, but exploring that with another person may feel invasive. So although that's fun to me, that might not be fun with someone else. Right. Because the piece of the definition was new things, right? Being able to know what, you know, like I said, from the time years ago, we, we knew we love travel, but the being able to also find new things and do Mm -hmm. new experiences together is a part of it. Love that. I love that. Yes. See, that's why it's my favorite one. I don't know why. It doesn't even make sense that this would be my favorite, but I get all excited. It makes sense because we're smiling, right? Recreation, yeah. that's fun. Fun is and fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the last type of um, intimacy that I like to focus on is spiritual intimacy. Mm-hmm. I think this is definitely in alignment with um, your course and making sure you incorporate the spirit into your being, your life, <laughs> and your, yeah. in your relationship. Um, so spiritual intimacy is the ability to share in personal growth and engage in conversation conversation surrounding meaning in life. Yes, yes, yes. I'm right. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so some ways to increase spiritual intimacy would be to investigate what purpose means to you. How do you find purpose in your everyday life, in your overall life? This decade, everyone looks at it differently. Um, and to get comfortable with your own spiritual practice, whatever that may be. And that may be the absence of it, right? but being comfortable with it. Because once again, once you're comfortable with your spirituality, which I believe is very personal, your spirituality is something that is yours and it's personal. So this doesn't mean you have to share every aspect of your spirituality with your partner, but 
know which ones you are comfortable with and which ones you aren't comfortable with sharing Absolutely. and which ones you want to um, experience together. Because for some, spirituality and religion are so tied together and integrated into every part of life. So that can tie into recreational intimacy, physical, emotional, and every other one. And for other people, not, right? Exactly. For other people, spirituality and religion are completely different. And yes. we need to know, you need to know for yourself what it is, what it means. Yeah, yeah I love that you... I was thinking about all all of these things so many times when you when we've been talking today, the course came up and Mm -hmm. the course you're talking about we use right now in our healthy by design program and I'm so excited to announce that it will soon be available as um, on its own kind of a an online e course that people can do on their own so really incorporating the aspects of nurturing yourself body so we talked about physical body we talked about that first mind so the the thoughts the ideas the intellect um your your level of consciousness the heart we talked about emotions and how important it is to be able to know yourself on that level um and then the soul and the spirit really bring into play the your identity, who you are, which we've talked about over and over again, knowing who you are at your core, your where does where does that come from? Your family values, your cultural values, um, your history, your experiences, and then that spiritual piece is kind of in that in our in the course. It's tying all of that together in a way that shows it. it really represents how you show up for yourself. So internally, what's happening inside. And then what you bring to the world and in your relationships as well. So, yes, I love that. So um, thank you for for bringing that up Um, because it is a way that that is the point that I did. The purpose of designing the course was to help people get to know themselves better. Um, So if you're Mm. thinking right now, like, I really need to do some work in this area, (laughs) um, be on the lookout. That course is coming soon. And um, yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah to be able to offer it to the public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's definitely amazing to be able to go through that course. And it really gives you different perspective and makes you, it encourages you to take that deep dive into those different like areas of your life. Because once again, that's the first step mm-hmm. of intimacy. Yes. So that's perfect. Yes. Yeah. Not telling you what to believe or how to live, mm-hmm. but helping you decide and explore it for yourself. Um, is yes. what we find as that, that foundation of really ties so wonderfully in with this 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 talk, um, this mm-hmm. lesson that you're bringing to us is how if you want to love yourself and you want to love others in a, in as fulfilling and connected and intimate way that you can, it starts with being aware and, and knowing yourself, knowing yourself in relationship to your, to yourself so that then you are um, able to know yourself in relationship with others and mm-hmm. enhance enhance those dynamics. Yeah. Ooh, I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> Me too. It's so energized. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's why we vibe. It's like, it's, it's why we knew as soon as we met each other, we we're like, yeah. This was this it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <sighs> Wow. Yes. This is, there was so much. There's so much. I I just, I was scribbling furiously. I'm loving this so much. So we will, there will be the information um, will be in the show notes uh, for your reference as well. And 
Um, yeah, and I, I we talked about this at the Healthy by Design um, when when you taught us there. I said, oh my gosh, we need to do a workshop, you know, for couples, because I think that would be so much fun um, and meaningful, right? Because if you're listening and you're like, wow, I'm having reactions, I have questions for this. um, Yeah, I think it would be so much fun to do this kind of thing in a in a teaching kind of way because right now we're just de- you know you're delivering information and people are hearing me ask ask you questions and weigh in um so i would that love would be to fun. host a workshop yeah with this in okay mind. well we'll we're gonna work on it you all stay okay. tuned but also coming up where you can find more amazing amazing stuff from alia is so exciting i'm just gonna let you announce <laughs> I will be launching, um, dropping, I don't know what the word is, my podcast, my own podcast (laughs) next month. Um, It will be called Exposed Relations, and it is where I take listener submitted um, scenarios, relational scenarios, and dissect them from my professional and personal opinion and uh, help you help give you a different perspective on your own relational scenario. So maybe you can, can, can open the door for different types of solutions if you feel stuck. Um, and this can be for any type of relational scenario, once again, romantic, familial, uh, friendships, coworkers, whatever, you know, come, comes up, but just to give you a different look uh, about it. And if you, um, are not one of my clients, if you, uh, are not necessarily ready to dive into therapy or you do have a therapist, but this is not your focus and you just want a professional's opinion on your relational scenario, this is the place to send it. Um, there will be a form on the Visionistas website where you can submit your scenario with prompts for, you know, the questions and all the information that I would need. Um, But that will be coming in the next few weeks. Yes. And yeah, so the best way to stay in the loop is to get on our email list, right? So Mm -hmm. we, you can go right to visionistasbydesign.com and scroll down all the way to the bottom. You can submit your name and email address and you will get our dream design deliver um download so you can see our signature formula that we use in our programs and in our work and in our in our lives um to you know just accomplish our dreams and our goals and so stay there you know sign up so that you will be able to stay in the loop you'll get an email from us once a week we promise we don't send spam but just keeps you posted on things that are going on at visionistas and we'll be able to deliver the, the the launch date for Aaliyah's podcast. I will also talk about it here. So s- subscribe if you're already not subscribed to this podcast because I, I love talking about what you're doing here as well. And we're going to have an episode where you'll, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have an, a follow-up episode where you kind of pilot. Yeah, like a pilot episode yeah. for it. So if so. anyone is willing to send in their relational scenario, once again, just look out for that form and the announcement through the email list. That is the best way to get information. Um, yours could be featured on this podcast yeah. as the pilot. Oh, yes. Um, oh, that would be fun. So also on, so get, get on our email list and then also your page will be, we'll have a, we'll have the form for submitting those scenarios that might show up on on your podcast, Exposed Relations. I love it. Yeah. yeah. If you want more information from me, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, yes. My handle is at Aaliyah Kenyatta. That's A-L-I-Y-A 
K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A. Yes. Yes, yes. I know you have some fun upcoming events. Yeah. So we just, we have so much fun in store for for you in addition to this amazing dream come true, because that's what we do here. We we celebrate dreams come true at Visionistas by Design. Ours, yours, all of all of them. Um, And we are going to be hosting a vision board party in November. So um, stay tuned for that. Again, if you're on the email list, you will be the first to know when how to register for that. And we will also be doing a style by design event, our second annual style by design that will be um, brought to you by Samantha Arnold, our image consultant and um, Hannah. Hannah Bennett will be the one leading the leading the way on the vision board party, but we'll, um, we'll be there too. So yeah, we're very excited about those things coming up. And thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you stick around and, and uh, stay tuned for the, the workshop that will come someday. <laughs> someday soon it will. and Aaliyah's <laughs> podcast and all the fun things that we we love to bring to you so that you can design and deliver the life and love of your dreams um as best you can thank you so much Aaliyah. this was so much fun um i could thank keep talking for to you for me. hours <laughs> yeah i know i love this and we we definitely could we mean that this is that's not an exaggeration <laughs> yes i know i know <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you all for listening. And I cannot wait to connect with you again at the next episode. Take care. Thank you for connecting on this episode of the podcast, Empowered by Design. For further connection, subscribe to my email list at drliz.com to be sure that you are in the loop for exciting news, events, and resources. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Liz and at Visionistas by Design. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and send this episode to one of your people in order to share the love, spread the power. This podcast is designed to inspire, educate, and empower you to pursue your dreams with intentional vision. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for psychological treatment or a working relationship with a licensed mental health professional. For more information on connecting with mental health resources in your area, visit drliz.com and click on resources. Thank you again for connecting. And remember, trust the heart. Work your vision. Dream, design, deliver.